Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations <laughs> as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that's 720-336-0897. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. Maybe you've been reading the scriptures and you've had some interesting questions come up, some things that maybe you were unsure about or you need some more clarity on. The vision behind this show is to give you an opportunity to have a, a pastor on the other end of the phone who you can call and ask those questions. Maybe receive some more clarity in those areas where there's been confusion. We're also here to talk with you and pray with you about events going on in society. Right now we have a really big issue with um, protests. We have uh, protests. We have um, virus situations. There's so much going on. And so we want to talk with you from a biblical perspective about the things going on. If you have questions or if you have prayer requests about those things, definitely give us a call. That's what we're here to do. And if you have prayer requests related to anything else, we're here to uh, serve you by praying for you and giving you biblical counsel. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those who are tuning in in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You are hearing this program live all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to the south end of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and into some of the surrounding areas as well. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. And we also want to welcome those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just a reminder for those of you who are listening on the East Coast and in the area in the Appalachian region, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So those listening on Grace FM and online, you're you're listening live. Those listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. And the reason we tell you that, we just want you to keep that in mind in case some of the discussion doesn't line up. But here's what we want you to do is that we want you to call in even if you are listening on delay. And you guys actually have a unique opportunity that we want you to take advantage of. And that is that when you call in, your broadcast that you're on will air a week later and so that gives you a perfect opportunity to reach out to maybe friends family members people you know in the area and say hey guess what i'm going to be on the radio and you should listen to it and by doing that that's an excellent way for you to spread the word and get the word out about calvary live on that local station so we encourage you to do that and uh, we would love to hear from you so once again the call-in numbers are 303 Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us at 
720-336-0897. A uh, big uh, hello again to everybody who listens on the online. We have two ways for you to tune in. Also, um, aside from listening over the over-the-air radio, you can also tune in online. There's two ways to do that. One way is by downloading our free app for your phone or for your tablet. You can do that just by typing in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, Grace FM, in the search bar for your your um, App Store or Google Play for whatever device you use. You type it in there and it'll come right up. It's totally free. You put that on your device and you can listen anywhere in the world. And we also have listeners um, tuning in, you know, regularly from all over the uh, world for people from South Africa, Ukraine, often represented uh, other places in the world. And so we're glad that you can do that and you can just take that with you. And as you travel around different states around the world, you'll be able to tune in and join the show. And you can also listen in your browser anywhere in the world, anytime. You can listen to any of the programs, including this one on Grace FM. So that's gracefm.com. Looks like we have a listener in France today, The I'm being told right now. And so that is cool. Welcome. Glad to have you. And so make sure you get that app or tune in on the website. Uh, that would be a great way for you to connect. And it's a great way, you know, maybe you're at work, you don't have a radio to tune into. You can always just pull it up on your web browser. So I want to uh, tell you a few words about myself, and then we'll go to some of our calls. We've had one call so far, but we have two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I am your host here on Calvary Live every weekday, or every, what am I saying? Sorry, every Friday. Every Friday I host, and uh, today I'm filling in for Pastor Jeff Figs. And uh, I talked to Jeff earlier today. He's doing well. He could, of course, use your prayers, but uh, he'll be back with you again soon. Um, their church in Greeley's doing well, and we were talking about the topic of reopening. And so um, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, the reason I was talking to Pastor Jeff about reopening is because this coming Sunday, we are going to be starting in-person services at Whitefields at the church I pastor in Longmont. And if you are in Longmont or around Longmont within driving distance and you're looking for a place to worship this Sunday, we'd love to have you. In fact, our church just moved. And so for us, this is actually going to be our first service in this new building. It's definitely not how we planned on having our first service in this building. It's going to be very different than what we planned that it would look like or dreamed and imagined that it would look like. We we do plan later on once some of this has, has changed and um, you know there's not as much restriction that we'll be able to have kind of a big official grand opening. But this is kind of our soft opening this coming Sunday. We're going to be following all the CDC guidelines. We have extra services. You know, we've actually added some extra uh, overflow rooms so that we can accommodate everybody who comes. And we would love to have you at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. this coming Sunday, June 7th. Um, and here's how you can find us. The best way would be check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. You'll find directions on there. But I can also just give you the address. The address is 2950. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, and it's 80504. So we're on the east side of town. We're just east of County Line Road and Ken Pratt Boulevard, which is Highway 119. And we're directly north of Sandstone Ranch Sports Complex, which is 
you know, if you have kids who play sports or if you yourself play sports, there's also a lot of big festivals out there. There's a skate park and there's a Walmart right there as well. So we're just on the north side of Ken Pratt Boulevard, Highway 119, just east of County Line Road. A very good location. You know, we're, we're really close to I-25. We're really close to the Carbon Valley area with Frederick Firestone, Decono, Mead. Uh, we're also close to Berthid and Erie, as well as, of course, being in Longmont. So if you're in any of those places and you are looking for a place to worship this Sunday, we'd love to have you. Whitefieldschurch.com or just come on out 9 or 11 a.m. 2950 Colorful Avenue. And we're not taking pre-registration this week. We're going to see how this goes. And then if we need to do a pre-register thing or we need to add one more service next week, then we're going to reconsider. Uh, but this uh, Sunday, no need to pre-register. You can just show up at 9 or 11 a.m., 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. And we'd love to have you at our new location. We just got our big sign up this past Saturday. And it is really big. Like, you can't drive down the state highway without seeing our sign, which is exactly what we wanted. So if you drive by, maybe honk, let us know that you see us and come visit us on a Sunday morning. We'd love to have you. So let's go to our first caller, Jared in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Jared. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hey, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I, and I, 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 I finally um, have a question that I've been wondering. Cool. Um, so uh, when it comes to marriage, I'm aware that Moses and Abraham, that they were both married, but uh, before the Mosaic Law, it, the Bible doesn't really say how they were married. So did God know what was in their hearts? Because I'm currently engaged, and because of the virus, my fiance's in the, in the uh, Philippines right now, and uh, we're not able to actually get married and have the ceremony or the ritual, but we're fully committed to each other, and uh, does does God still know that when you're actually fully committed to one another? Because um, mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm just wondering that, because uh, in the Old Testament it doesn't really yeah. say before the Mosaic laws. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, you can think about it. We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Really, that's the first marriage ceremony that we see in the Bible. And we see, here's what we see. A man and a woman before God, committed to each other for life. And that's what we see. They become one flesh. And then that becomes the foundation of like a family unit. Like whether they have kids or not, they become a family unit together. They become one flesh. And it's the idea is that they're before God. There's no shame. It's all, you know, proper and done rightly before God. So the idea here is simply this, that um, they were committed to each other before God. Now, some people might say, well, if they were committed to each other before God, and like you're saying, Noah and Abraham, you know, it's not like they went down to the county courthouse uh, and got married, or it's not like, did they have a church service? We're not told the details of that. Now, we can we can kind of read between the lines and know a little bit historically about what that would have looked like, and I, I assume that's part of what you're asking. Um, but then how it applies to your situation, I think, will be important. So let's talk about that. How did it look like for Noah and Abraham in particular? Because we know that Adam and Eve, basically, they were just before God, right? Because there was nobody else around to kind of ratify their marriage. But when it comes to Noah and Abraham, I mean, we can be pretty sure that in their cases, the way it worked is that you would go to the elders of the town that you lived in. So it was very common in those days. If you ever get the opportunity, by the way, to visit Israel, 
one of the highlights of your trip will be going to the north of Israel to this place called Tel Dan. And Tel, whenever you see like Tel Aviv, Tel Dan, these kind of things, it means a mound, meaning like a historical archaeological mound. But uh, so it's the area of Dan, the far north of Israel. Really, it's a couple kilometers south of Lebanon. And um, what's interesting in Tel Dan is that there's this city which Abraham himself would have visited. And so what's so interesting is that this is like a 3,000 plus year old city. And what you can see is the big walls of the city. It's a city that Abraham would have visited. He didn't build it, of course, but he visited it. And um, in the city, as you go in, you can see very clearly how the city gates worked. Essentially, you, there would be levels of gates, right? Levels of entryways kind of as bottlenecks as in order to prevent you know, people coming in, armies coming in, etc. And we also know from the Bible and from other ancient writings that in the city gates, there would be elders of the city. Now, the elders of the city weren't, didn't just mean the oldest people in the city. It'd be like, this was how the city functioned uh, from a legal standpoint, right? And so if there was, they, they were kind of, they would act as judges, magistrates over issues, but also they would deal with things like you know, who gets what property, right? Like now we have property offices. That was all done in these kind of gates at the city. Now, another thing that would probably have been done there is ratifying marriages. We also know, of course, there were some family things that needed to be done and everything had to be done for the Jewish people according to the law of Moses. So we had those three things. So we have the law of Moses, the family, and the city officials. That's basically how marriage would have been done for, you know, as you said, um, you know, people in the ancient world in the Bible. Now we remember, of course, that Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees, so he was part of that Chaldean society before he was called apart from with God. So it seems that he was, you know, very involved in the city itself and his family as well. So we can assume that that is how that took place. Uh, as it went on, time went on, it seems that the ceremonies became more and more official. And especially for Jews, they would have had to be ratified, of course, by the um, priests, rabbis, as well as the family, and everything in accordance with the law of Moses. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. because uh, um, uh, during uh, Noah's time, uh, considering how evil the world was, um, I, I don't know for sure if they were actually involved in the population, uh, yeah. because it was just him and his family and you know the world was in such chaos that you know i i'm i'm not sure if if uh you know they would have to uh, uh yeah i'm i'm still left wondering about noah sure. and his and his situation um, well we are told the one thing that's interesting about noah is that we're told that during his day people were getting married and being given in marriage so it seems that there was some formality to it. I don't know how it actually took place in Noah's particular situation. Um, but how does this apply to people today? Well, I will say this, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, if we just love each other and we, you know, make a commitment to each other before God, isn't that enough? Why don't, why do we need, you know, the U S government or in your case, like the Philippines government to sign off on our decision to spend the rest of our lives with each other? Well, the answer to that is, you know, multifaceted. Of course, you probably know the whole idea of what we're told in the New Testament of submitting to the authorities that God has placed over us until, of course, and in which case they cross the line and tell us to obey them in opposition to God, then we should 
uh, obey God and not men. So we should follow the rules of the place in which we live. Let's remember, though, that marriage is a divinely instituted thing. So that marriage is divinely instituted by God, which means that it wasn't just like something that people thought up. It isn't like people thought up marriage and then God looked at that and said, hey, that's kind of like how I love people. And so he, it, it, was, it was actually the other way around, right? So we keep that in mind. Now, here's what I say to people who, who would say, do we really need the paper? My answer is, you do. Number one, because God has uh, instituted marriage and then kind of placed it in the hands of authorities to ratify. So there's that. But I think the more important reason is this, that what you do when you get married is you essentially close the door legally to any other options. Now, somebody might say, well, if it's, isn't that the opposite of, you know, it sounds so unromantic to say, hey, I love you. And now let's go sign a legal document. I would say just the opposite. It is more romantic to do that than not to do that. Here's why. Because you are closing the door in every way, not just in your heart, not just with your words, but you're actually taking a concrete legal step that shows this is how serious I am. I am closing off my other options. I'm making this official uh, using the law of the land. So that would be my take. I'm really sorry to hear about your situation in the Philippines, though. And uh, Oh, yeah, there, there's, there's so many people in the world going through far worse things, and I'm just grateful just by the Lord's grace that, you know, um, uh, as bad as things are, that, that um, uh, we, we still seem to be doing okay, you know, so. <laughs> okay. Well, let me, let me pray for you, because I, you know, I, I get what you're saying. A lot of people going through a lot of things, but I, I also don't think that diminishes the the difficulty of what you're going through. So let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we lift up Jared and his fiance to you. And Lord, we pray that you would just see them through, give them perseverance and patience as they go through this time. Lord, uh, I pray that this time would cause them to grow in uh, their relationship with you and that that would be the bedrock and the foundation for their future marriage. Lord, I pray that you would use this time. It's not what they wanted. It's not what they envisioned. But Lord, I pray that you would use it to do something uh, great, something beyond what they could have asked or imagined. And they would look back at this time in their life and they'd say, it wasn't fun. It wasn't comfortable, but we're thankful for it. And so Lord, I pray that you would bless them and see them through until the time when they can uh, get married officially. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Hey, it's good to hear from you, Jared. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, David in Maryland. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. How are you today? Doing great. What's up? Uh, I have a prayer request okay. for my mother, and myself, and my family, and a couple other people that are involved in our life. My wife, for one, for putting up with everything, and we're not putting up with dealing with it. But, uh, the Lord called my father home Sunday morning. Okay. Uh, he had a battle with lung cancer. Mm. And my mother also is a... Uh, she also has breast cancer, which she had a double mastectomy on, and it metastasized to several organs in her body and in her bones. And uh, 
I'd also like a prayer for the lady that helps take care of her. Her name is Jerry, and mm-hmm. she's just been doing a wonderful job, and I don't know what I would do because I live in West Virginia, and my mother lives in Baltimore, and I commute whenever I can back and forth to try and help out as much as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't mind, I'd like to uh, pray for you know, for you to pray for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we uh, just stand... Uh, with our arms locked together with David and Lord, we, uh, our hearts hurt as he is hurting. And Lord, we just ask that you would, Lord, that you'd bring comfort in this situation, but we also ask for healing for his mom. Lord, we, we don't know, uh, what the, how this story is going to play out, but we thank you that you do. Lord, thank you that you have this situation under control. And Lord, we do ask for comfort during this time for his mom. Lord, as she's dealing with the loss of her husband and also, you know, dealing with cancer herself. We pray for this woman, Jerry, who's been helping her and serving her and taking care of her. Lord, give Jerry just so much grace, so much patience and so much love that, Lord, she could be your hands and feet for this dear woman right now. I pray for David, Lord, as he's hurting for his mother and his father and his whole family. Lord, I pray that you would be with him. Lord, your word says that you are the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we're able then to comfort others with the comfort we've received. And Lord, I pray that that would be the case for David, Lord, that he would experience your comfort in his life in a way that is um, satisfying, in a way that is fulfilling, Lord, that doesn't fix what's broken, but Lord, which gives him hope for the future. And Lord, we thank you for the hope of the gospel. Thank you for the hope that uh, in you, Jesus, though we die in the flesh, we will rise, we will live. And so, Lord, we pray for people in David's family, perhaps, who don't even know you yet, who've been resisting you, Lord. We pray that you would even use this situation for good in their lives. Lord, we just ask for comfort, we ask for grace, we ask for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, God bless you, David. Thank you, you too. a blessing for you to have your prayers. Oh, I'm glad. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Looks like we have pretty full lines. Looks like we might have one line open right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We're about to go to break in just a few minutes here, but we've got a little bit of time. Uh, I want to address one text question that came in in regard to our discussion earlier with Jared about um, about marriage. And this person asks, is it is eloping to Vegas a valid option? Okay, so my answer to that would be, I think in some cases eloping can be a valid option. I think it uh, ticks that box that we talked about, about it being you know, marriage is a bond between two people and God, and it's also a legal thing. And the legality of it doesn't take away from the romance. If anything, it adds to the romance. However, I think that that should not be the first option, because I think that one of the things that I think is similar to marriage in the Bible is baptism. And and, and here's how is that one of the purposes of baptism is that it's meant to be a public event. It's meant to be an event where people see it, they affirm it, and they hold you then accountable afterwards. And so, you know, one of the things I always tell my church when we do baptism ceremonies is that this is, you know, we're welcoming this person into the covenant community. 
the covenant community of faith as believers in Jesus. And so they're taking a stand this day and saying, uh, this is what God has done in my heart. I have died to who I was. I've been born again to new life. I desire to follow Jesus. Um, you know, I, he has washed me clean and I have been raised to new life. And I'm doing this publicly, even though I could do it privately. You know, you could get baptized just by yourself, right? And maybe one other person. Uh, but why do it publicly? Well, here's why. Because you want those people to see what you're doing to understand what you're doing and to uh, to also affirm what you're doing. And even if they don't, right, you're doing it so that they see it. It's a public statement. And you're doing it in part so that the other people in the body of Christ, you're asking them, hold me accountable to this. I want you to remember this day. Take pictures, right? Give me a piece of paper that reminds me that on this day I did this and I declared this. And uh, I want you to hold me accountable to this and, and help me in this walk as I go on in the future. So that would be my answer to the eloping option. I do think it's a valid option, but I definitely don't think it should be your first option as I think it misses some of the important points of what marriage, is, it, marriage ceremony is meant to be. You're listening to Calvary Live. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller. Looks like Jerry in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Doing great. That's good. Uh, I just have a prayer request for... A couple of things, mostly for my fiance Jacqueline. She's in Sinai Hospital here in Baltimore. She had uh, medical problems before she got. Then she was in a nursing home. She's on oxygen. She got COPD. Mm. She was doing fairly decent there. Uh, she contracted COPD. I mean, she contracted COVID while she was in the nursing home. They got her over to Sinai Hospital, and they've been working on her and. I'm not sure if they know exactly what they're doing, <laughs> but it's in God's hands, and that's what I'm going to pray, and that's what it's about. And I'll just call request some prayer for her, and the dear Lord watch over her, keep her strong, keep her faith, heal her body, phys spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, heal her in every way, and continue mm -hmm. to grow with her, and just let her know that Jesus is there, and I'm there for her. Okay, well, let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, we lift up Jacqueline to you, and we uh, we just agree with Jerry's words there. Lord, we pray that you'd bring healing in her life, healing from the COPD, healing from the COVID-19 virus. Lord, we ask that you'd watch over her. Lord, would you minister to her spiritually as she's alone in that room? Lord, we pray that your spirit would be ministering to her. Lord, thank you as your spirit reminds us, as you, well, as your word tells us, uh, Jesus, you told us that you would send your spirit and your spirit would teach us and lead us and remind us of your words and lead us into all truth. And so, Lord, we pray that as Jacqueline is there in the hospital, Lord, you'd be ministering to her, Lord, in her spirit, building her up, letting her be rooted and grounded in you, Jesus. And we pray for Jerry, Lord, that you would help him to uh, love her and serve her well. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless Thank you, Jerry. God Thank God you for calling in. you strong in your faith, Father. Awesome. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Looks like with uh, dropping Jerry there after finishing that call, we have one open line. And we're about to go to our break. So let me tell you that number. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. And this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, maybe things you've been reading that you have questions about and you want clarity on. That's what we're here to do. 
and we're also here to pray for you. So call us with your prayer requests, call us with your questions about the Bible or about current events. So much going on in our world right now that we need to pray for, that maybe you have questions about. That's what we're here to do on this show. Hey, I wanted to tell you guys, make sure you tune into this show tomorrow because Ed Taylor is going to be hosting and he has a special guest who you are going to want to hear from. His name is James Moreland and he is one of the leaders of the Baptists. I think he's the president of the Baptist Union here in Colorado this year. And uh, he is a man of color. He's African-American and he is going to be sharing his take on some of the things that are going on right now as a pastor, as a denominational leader, and as a person of color. And so you're not going to want to miss that. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Hey, and we're not done here today. This is just our mid-show break. We'll be right back in two minutes time here on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, about things going on in society and the world that you want to get talk about from a biblical perspective or things going on in your life, as well as uh, you can call in with your prayer requests. And we want to pray for you. We want to help bring clarity with the scriptures. And so that's what this show is all about. We have a nice busy day today with all full lines right now. So you can text us at 720-336-0897. Or if you wait until a caller uh, ends, a call ends, then that would be the time. Just pick up that phone and call us and we'll get you on the air as soon as we can. Let's go to our, well, actually, before we do that, let me just tell you this. Um, I want to remind you that our church, Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, uh, Colorado, we are opening for in-person services this Sunday. We're really excited to do that. We've moved into a new building. So we'd love to have you this Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new location, here's the address, 2950 Colorful Avenue. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504. So we're just to the east of um, Ken Pratt Boulevard and County Line Road, just directly north um, of um, Sandstone Ranch Sports Complex. So we'd love to have you check us out online. You can get information, updates there at whitefieldschurch.com as of course, as well as of course on all of our social media, basically facebook.com slash whitefieldschurch, youtube.com slash whitefieldschurch. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you on all those places. Go ahead and give us a follow and a like. We'd love that. So let's go to our next caller, Joseph in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor? Doing well. Um, yes. I um, heard you said earlier in the broadcast that um, John chapter 10, where um, a believer, you know, is held in the hands of the Father and of uh, the Shepherd, the Lord Jesus. And it was. Uh, I'm calling because I had a, a discussion yesterday with a person about this who believed that, yes, we are held in, in the hands of both Jesus and the Father. But he said, well, suppose uh, a person wants to leave the Father and wants to leave Jesus. And I didn't really have an answer for him, 
But I uh, came home, studied the scriptures, called some of my friends, and I came up with this. So I thought I would just share this with you. This, I'll do it very quickly in case somebody else has that question. Oh, we got time, Joseph. Um, no worries. Uh, yeah, Romans uh, 8.39 says, um, well, 8.37 says, neither, an- neither angels nor principalities nor powers nor, any- nor things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the question is, is a believer a created thing? Mm. Well, yes. So a believer would be included in this verse about not being able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I wish I had had that verse yesterday to share yeah. in, in our discussion. Yeah, and Joseph, I think I could add a little bit to this discussion if you don't mind. And I'll be quick as well. So here's what I would say. This idea, this is a big question that we get a lot here on the show. Is uh, you know, what do you think? Can you lose your salvation? Or do you have eternal security? And here's where I would point people is that if you look at the terms that are used to describe salvation in the Bible, let's consider what some of those terms and metaphors are because they're significant, right? So it talks about being born again. It talks about being adopted. It talks about being sealed, right? So these are all terms that refer to what happens to a person when they are born again. They're adopted. They're born again. They're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, are there any instances of us seeing the opposite of that? Do we ever read about anybody being, I don't know, unborn again or unsealed? or un- I mean, the whole purpose of sealing is a guarantee. That's literally what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, that you have been sealed and this is a guarantee of your salvation until it comes to fruition. And so I think this idea of losing your salvation as if it's something which happens passively, like against your will. But I, I, that's not really what you're asking, is it? You're asking, what about a person who wants to abandon their faith, right? Like, let's put it this way. God seals up Noah in the ark, and the ark represents being in Jesus in this allegorical idea, right? So if we're in Christ, it's like being in the ark. The, the flood of God's judgment, we're protected from it as long as we're in Christ. And somebody might uh, have the opposition of saying, or the, the counter of saying, well, what if you climb up on top of the ark and do like a swan dive off of it? And I think that's where your, your question comes in there. Here's, here's basically the answer I would give is that none of us knows the heart of another person. Only God knows that. We can see the fruit, and a lot can be determined based on that, but we can't make a final determination. A lot can be inferred, let's say, rather than determined. A lot can be inferred by looking at the fruit of somebody's life, but we can't make a determination. However, it would seem that from everything we see in the Bible, if someone is a true believer, then they have been transformed, they have been sealed, they have been born again, and they will not you know, climb up to the top of the ark and do a swan dive off of it. They will not um, want to get out of the Father's hand. So I, I think that's an important distinction to make. Yes, and thank you very much. Absolutely. God bless you, Joseph. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air here. The number to call, we have one open line right now. It would be a good time for you guys who've been wanting to call in. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 
3000. Or you can also text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Penny in Maryland, who's uh, got a question. Penny, welcome Hi. to the program. Thank you. My um, question is the, the RIP, Rest in Peace. What mm-hmm. does that really represent? Because the person is deceased. What mm-hmm. rest in peace? What's that? What is the? I mean, I, I know it's. I know it's a. It's very, you know, always been said, you know, for forever. Yeah. But I just don't. Um, I'm not understanding. It, it, it's very baffling to me when we yeah, say no someone. I got an answer for you. Here's here's the answer. This comes from the ancient Christian belief about death, and you can find examples of this. For example, in First Thessalonians chapter four, or in First Corinthians fifteen. And what that what that is, is that the early Christians, they understood that people who died having faith in Jesus, that they would not stay dead forever, that they would be resurrected to new life. Now, it says in the Bible, everybody's going to be resurrected. There will be a resurrection of the living and the dead on Judgment Day. But those who are resurrected, who had faith in Jesus, they are resurrected unto eternal life and so one of the it's kind of a euphemism or a term that they would use they would say these people who died they're not really dead it's like they're sleeping and god is going to raise them up again later now they understood that physically like physiologically their bodies had ceased to be alive meaning that their heart was no longer beating lungs no longer breathing brain waves no longer waving but they understood their spirit was still alive. Their spirit was with God, and one day they would be resurrected, they would receive new bodies, and they would uh, have eternal life. And so they would use this word, and we can see it in the Bible. The early Christians said, um, you know, not everyone will fall asleep. And they were saying that not everyone will die before Jesus comes back. There will be a generation that will be alive when Jesus returns. And their point with you, my point is just to point out this. They were saying this term, falling asleep. That is how they referred to Christians dying. And so that got carried over into our modern English, right? Where we started saying this phrase, this very old phrase, right? Rest in peace. And it's the idea that this person is resting, sleeping as they await the resurrection. Now, let's be clear on this though, that this idea of rest, you know, sleeping and resting, being resurrected to eternal life, this only applies to those whose faith is in Jesus. But that's where the term comes from. So, okay, so the scripture was that absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Would that mm-hmm. go under that, the rest in peace? Yeah, in a way, yeah, absolutely. So to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what essentially happens, a person who is a believer in Jesus, when they die in the flesh, their spirit goes and is with God immediately. And then... Later on, at the resurrection that will take place at the end of all things, the return of Christ, the final return of Christ, then their spirit is reunited with their resurrection body. And then, and then there's, there's a whole different thing there with the new heavens and the new earth, which is what we generally call heaven. Can but, I add, add some, uh, a footnote to that? Okay. So it's a person who is not a Christian or an, a believer 
desperate, they're not going to have a right. When they're absent in the body, be present with the Lord, they go on straight to hell. Yeah, so their spirit would go to, yep, their spirit would go to hell. And um, I can give you a resource that kind of outlines this, like in in really clear, like, okay, what happens to your spirit and what will happen? So, yeah, they would go to hell. And then we read at the end of Revelation that hell, as we know it right now, will actually be emptied into what's called the lake of fire, which it says is the second death. And so uh, the answer to that is yes. The, the person okay. who, whose soul dies now apart from faith in Jesus, they do go to hell. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Yeah, I'm glad. God bless you, Penny. God bless right. you too. Bye-bye. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, I, I mentioned a penny that we have a resource. I have a resource on my website. If you just go to nickkady.org, that's nickkady, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. There's an article on there, and I'll find the exact title of it for you, but it deals with this exact issue of what happens to people when they die, and I will find that for you right now. So I'll be looking that up while we go to our next caller. We've got two open lines right now. It's probably a good time for you to call in. Those of you who have wanted to, the number is 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0800. Nine seven. So the name of that article is, oh, where is it? Okay, still looking for it, guys. I'm going to find it for you, though. Um, yeah, did people, here's the title of the article, Did People Go to Heaven Before Jesus' Death and Resurrection? So did people go to heaven before Jesus' resurrection? Um, if you type that into the search bar on my webpage, nickkady.org, it will come right up with that article. And that article kind of outlines what the Bible says about where people's souls go uh, after death. So let's go to our next caller. I'm going to look who it is. It looks like Desiree in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Desiree. Well, if Desiree isn't here, that's okay because uh, I do see what she wanted to talk about. And it was a prayer request. She wants to pray for peace in light of the recent events. So let's go ahead and pray for that right now. Heavenly Father, we agree with Desiree, Lord. We pray our hearts break as we see um, we see bias, Lord. We see injustice in our world. We also see you know, destruction of property and livelihoods. All of these things, Lord, they break our hearts. We see people being physically hurt. Lord, we see um, chaos in our streets. Lord, our hearts break over all of these things. Lord, we, we see... Um, things that are just not right. And Lord, we ask that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven in every way. Lord, we don't have all the solutions. We don't know uh, how, Lord, to, to fix a lot of things that are broken. But Lord, we confess to you that it's not just that we live in a world that is broken. Lord, we confess to you that we ourselves are broken people. It's not just that there's evil in the world, but Lord, the truth is that we recognize that this evil has even gotten its claws into us. And that grieves us, Lord. We're so so sad. So, Lord, we confess our sins to you in the areas where we have fallen short, in the areas where we have not done what was right. Lord, we confess and we ask for forgiveness. Lord, in when it comes to our cities, when it comes to our country here in the United States, uh, as we see 
things just kind of seem to be spiraling out of control and going going downward, Lord, we ask for you to have mercy. We ask for you to heal. Lord, heal what is broken in every aspect on every level. And Lord, help us as Christians. We remember your word tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 5 that you, God, in Christ, were reconciling the world to yourself and you have given us as your ambassadors, the ministry of reconciliation. So Lord, may we be those who bring about reconciliation. May we be the peacemakers who your word says are blessed. And Lord, would you help us, lead us, guide us, give us love, give us wisdom as we proceed. And Lord, we ask that you would heal our land. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Desiree, thank you for calling in and praying for that. It's been heavy on my heart. I'm sure it's been heavy on the hearts of many of our listeners. Many of us might feel helpless. We're not sure what to do. We're not sure how we can uh, do our part. And my, my encouragement for people would be to remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And let's let's have humble hearts before God. Let's be quick to listen, slow to speak. And let us, um, let us truly uh, have the love of Jesus. Love our neighbors as ourselves and, um, and love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let's continue on. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us 720-336-0897. Just checking in here. Looks like we got a call from Drew in Fort Morgan, Colorado. Hi, Drew. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. What's up? Well, um, I was just calling because uh, I'd been reading through First Samuel and uh, got hung up on a couple of times that God said that he put an evil spirit, uh, basically tormented Saul with an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming to, uh, you know, to, to accomplish his will, but I, I guess I'd never knew, or maybe I'm not interpreting it correctly, what an evil spirit sent from God is or why. Yeah. Now that's a really confusing verse for a lot of us, right? The first time you read that, it strikes you as like, whoa, what's going on here? Since when does this happen? But uh, let's, let's look at a few things in regard to this. So it says here, and it's correlated, by the way, 1 Samuel 16, verse 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. So actually, my uh, worship pastor and I at our church here in Longmont, we just made a video. We do like a weekly video that comes out on Tuesdays for our congregation, and it's related to our Sunday sermon. So this past Sunday, we talked about, um, you remember this past Sunday was Pentecost. And so we talked about Pentecost, talked about what does it mean that the Holy Spirit came and what, what, what happened on Pentecost and how does this relate to us? And what are the three relationships with the Holy Spirit that the Bible describes? And one of the things that we said was confusing for a lot of people is this idea that if that if we're indwelt by the Spirit of God, if that's what it means, like we were talking with the caller earlier, to be a Christian, like Romans 5 says that if you don't have the Spirit of God, you, do not, you are not a Christian, you don't belong to God, then why is it that in the Old Testament we see that, like with Saul, the Spirit of the Lord departs from him? What about David who says, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me? Does that mean that you and I are also at risk that God might take his Holy Spirit from us if he's put him in us as a seal? And the answer to that is that you have to understand the different relationships that the Holy Spirit had. And the relationship that Saul had with the Holy Spirit 
and David in the Old Testament, because indwelling wasn't yet a thing until after Jesus' death and resurrection, is that the Holy Spirit was there to empower them to empower them to fulfill God's calling. That's what anointing speaks of. So the spirit of the Lord departs, and what comes in place? God, it says that God sent an evil spirit to torment him. Now let's just break this down real quick. This evil spirit was from the Lord in what sense? In the sense that God essentially allowed passively, or we could even say actively sent this spirit to harass Saul. Here's what's so interesting. Um, it means, this tells us, that God actually has some control over evil spirits. And this is, this is really interesting. We, this is not an uncommon thought through the Bible, by the way. So, for example, we see this in the book of Job, that Satan wants to come and do these awful things to Job, but in order for him to do that, he has to get permission. So you could say that, though passively, God is allowing this to happen to Job, so and one of the ways we often say it is we say that nothing that comes into my life or your life has not yet passed through the hands of the loving God. So, you know, as this trial came to Job's life, it had passed through the hands of a loving and all-knowing God. As this evil spirit came and tormented Saul, it was allowed to do so by God. And what was God's purpose? Well, one of it was to torment him. Why was, why was that happening, right? So Satan and his demons had probably always wanted to attack Saul, and now God's allowing it to happen. Well, one of the reasons we can assume is that God was wanting to do this. His purpose in judgment was restoration. The purpose would be, you know, like the prodigal son going off eating pig slop, that he would come to the point where he says, you know what, it was better for me in my father's house. What am I doing out here? And unfortunately, that is not what happened with Saul. He didn't heed that and turn back to the Lord. But here's the second thing that happened through this evil spirit is that it was used to bring David into Saul's life. Because you remember that David was brought to him during this time and he would play the liar. And this is actually from 1 Samuel 16, verses 15 and 16. It says, Saul says, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Uh, this is one of his, his workers, those servants. It says, let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar and he will play when the evil spirit comes upon you and you'll feel better. And so this was a tool that God used to bring David into the life of Saul. And if I was going to summarize this in one way, I would say this. There's a very incredible verse in 2 Corinthians. Uh, I believe it's chapter 2. Yeah, it is chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, where it says that God leads us in um, victorious procession. There's another verse in Colossians, which talks about the same idea that he leads us. Uh, he has led the principalities and powers uh, in victorious procession. And what that's referring to is that like in the Roman times, you can even think of Alexander the Great as they you know, had these big empires that would go and conquer, what they would do is when they had a battle with somebody like on their borderlands, and let's say they conquered them, or you know, Alexander the Great, his big thing was he was always fighting Persia. So like he defeats Persia, and then what does he do? Well, he takes the Persian army, and he doesn't just defeat them, he humiliates them. And the way that he would humiliate them, the way that the Romans would do it as well, is that they would you know, basically put these people in handcuffs, and they would march them back to their capital city, and they'd march them through the city, and you know, they would be 
you know, naked and people would throw stuff at them like rotten tomatoes and mock them, etc. And that would be a form of humiliation. And then beyond that, they would go one step further and they would often make these conquered soldiers their slaves. They would sell them as slaves. And that was considered, you know, humility that was or humiliation that was worse than just defeat. And so Jesus take or then Paul in the New Testament takes that picture of what soldiers did in those days when they defeated an army. And he said, that's what Jesus has done to the principalities and powers, the evil spirits. And so let's just think about what that means. And I'll, uh, I'll finish here. And it's basically this, that, you know, it's not that there's a tug of war happening between God and Satan, and we're not sure who's going to win, right? Like the, it's already been decided. And uh, not only have Satan and the demons been defeated, but they've been humiliated. And what does that look like? Well, it, here's what it looks like. It looks like they, um, anything they try to do has been thwarted and it's actually then used by God to, to uh, carry out his purposes. So here's this demon, you know, saying, hey, we want to we torment Saul. And God says, okay, finally, I'm going to let you do it. And as a result of the demons tormenting Saul, David gets brought into Saul's life, which is an important step in everything that needed to happen after that, even all the way leading up to Jesus. And so we can bring that into our own lives and say, that's how much God loves us. That's how much he's in control. And we can have confidence even when we're being tempted and tried, even when trials come into our lives. Okay. Well, awesome. I, I cool. really appreciate it. Yeah, and hey, keep reading that Bible and keep calling in with your questions. We love talking about this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you guys for what you do. Yeah, you bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking calls and texts live on the air today. Let's go to Ramiro in Colorado Springs. Hi, Ramiro. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you, Pastor? Doing well. Uh, I got a question. Um, Revelation chapter 22, verse it talks about the, the tree and the leaves for the healing of the nations. And I was wondering, is that tree from the new uh, thing that God's going to make? Because I was kind of lost because it says that we don't supposed to have no more pain or any of them like that. Why we need healing? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great verse and great question, Ramiro. So let me just answer it for you really quick because we got only four minutes left, okay? So, Remember in the beginning of the Bible, let's think about this. The, the Bible is um, this, you know, we, we tend to think that the Bible, on the one hand, we say it's linear, right? Meaning that it has a, a distinct beginning and a distinct end, and everything is moving on this timeline from beginning to end. In another way, it is also, it's a circular in the sense that it brings the story comes full circle. Okay, so here's how it is. Remember in the book of Genesis that there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, what was there? There was, um, there was this great garden God had made for the people. The people were without shame. They lived with God in the garden. And there was perfect harmony. And then there were two trees. Remember the names of the two trees. Number one, there was the tree of life. And number two, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they were told, you can eat from the tree of life, but you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, there were other trees in the garden as well, right? So what happens is, they disobeyed God. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because they believe the lie of Satan rather than the promise of God. 
And then it says at the end of chapter 3, this is really important verse for you to read, it says that God put an angel with a flaming sword at the entrance to the garden, and he, he kicked out Adam and Eve, and they went east of Eden. And it says that he kicked them out. There's an angel with a flaming sword. Why? It says, lest the people eat of the tree of the knowledge, or, I'm sorry, lest the people eat of the tree of life and live forever. So what happened there? We got cut off from the tree of life, which was correlated with eternal life in the Garden of Eden because of sin, because of rebellion against God. The Bible is a story. It's not, it, you know, it's a story about Jesus and what he is doing to save us. So here comes Jesus on the tree where he has died, the tree of curse. He takes our curse upon himself. Why? So that in the end, and we see that in the end, we will be reunited with the tree of life. And it's the tree of life, by the way, which has the healing. Its leaves are for the healing of the nations. So what we see is that in the end, we're reunited with the tree of life, the one that we were separated from because of sin, because Jesus has come and he has um, made a way by taking our curse from us, taking our sin, giving us his righteousness. We're able to be reunited with the tree of life and it will give us um, you know, the, the eternal life, the healing for the nations, etc. So I hope that makes sense. You, you have to see the tree of life in Revelation in light of the tree of life in, Gen, or in Genesis chapter 3. Okay, yes, makes sense. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Pastor. You bet. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've come up to the end of our show right there. So God bless you. I'm going to be with you guys again on Friday, but make sure to tune in tomorrow for Pastor Ed with Pastor James Moreland uh, talking about some issues, uh, current issues here in Colorado and around our country. God bless you guys. Have a great evening. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.